Hey, Husky fans, welcome back to Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast for Sports Illustrated Husky Maven channel. My name is Trevor Mueller. With me is Kayla Olin. And Kayla, I've decided that Sunday mornings is called Coffee with Kayla. Coffee? Oh my gosh, that sounds so good. Cheers to that and my six packs of cigarette voice <laughs> right now. Like, <laughs> I'm glad there's at least some video to prove that it is me because <laughs> it sounds like you're podcasting with a man. Your wife's gonna be like, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> Who's this Kayla we're talking to? Yeah. Like, they're uh, like, oh, you mean Kayla McGarry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, Kayla, obviously you guys had a long day, a long night and Really, what I saw after the first half is you guys could have kind of danced the night away, but things definitely changed in the second half. What's your initial take on the game? There's so much to kind of have a take on because you can have a take on the student section. I have not seen the student section that full since I was in college at the 2016 Stanford game, maybe even a couple games after that. It was packed to all the sides, to the top. They were loud. It was great. And fans were a little bit kind of MIA some still you know dealing with the whole first being back with COVID vaccine wristbands and everything like that made a little bit challenging but the team as a whole were night and day (laughs) in the first half and the second half at one point it was even just like if they score one more touchdown like I'm feeling pretty good like to the point of it's gonna be pretty chill I'm gonna get to enjoy the game I'm not gonna sound bad (laughs) for tomorrow and here I am right Partially on the officials, partially on the team. And <laughs> it was it was fun, though. It was fun to see Washington play in a conference game and get a win against Cal, who they haven't beaten since 2017. Which is insane, right? I mean, Cal, Cal has been on the uh, – it felt like they were on the uptick there for a little bit, but they were beating Washington when Washington was competing and winning uh, Pac-12 championships. For who yeah. knows why. <laughs> I know, right? And the games and the games were always silly like this, where it felt like most of the game, Washington was in control, and then Cal uh, would just hang around. And that's exactly what they did today, uh, yesterday. I mean, the game, it felt like, you know, when you're, when you're up as big as Washington was, what was it, 20? Um, uh, yeah. 20. Four. What was it at halftime? 21, 21, 10. Yeah. You're feeling good. Right. And yeah. And that was, I, that was that exact situation. I was like, if they score one more, yeah. you know, going into the fourth quarter, like I'm going to feel a little bit better. And then you have a missed field goal. Yeah. That makes you a little bit more nervous. And yes, it, it was, it was terrifying to watch sometimes. I, I could imagine. And, and I tweeted out at halftime that if Washington is able to come out and get a big, uh, like a, a, a three and out or stop them from scoring in the first drive and score points, I'm going to feel like the route might be on. And, and that's exactly what happened. They, they had an, an amazing first defensive series in the third quarter. They end up having to settle for a field goal and then, you know, it looks like that Buki comes up with an interception. You <sighs> should have heard the place boo then. Yeah, it, was- it looked like the kid was falling over in my, you know, I think in a lot of people's opinion, but nevertheless, it was called a hold and, uh, you know, Cal goes down and scores. And then <laughs> we're, you know, you're sitting there in your seats at, 
at the end of the fourth quarter, just hoping that this kid doesn't make a, a 55 yard field goal. And it looked, I don't know what it looked like live, but on TV, it looked like it was going through. It looked very short coming off of his foot in Good. person. It didn't have the distance that had the right angle. So it was just like, Oh no, <laughs> like let I all of a sudden in my head, I was like, this is 2019. This is 2019. This is not happening. This is not happening. Cause sat there and watched all of it go down the, right. the exact same end zone the exact same yeah. end zone. And so it was super nerve wracking to watch. And the most frustrating thing you mentioned, Cal just not going away is you have players stepping up and making huge plays aside from the Buki interception, but you know, Kyler Gordon gets an interception and then the defense uh, turns or, or the offense turns around and right. Fumbles, you know, it right gives back. it right back. So yeah. it was one of those annoying games that you're happy about but you're still a little bit annoyed for some reason you're not completely comfortable getting into your car driving away from the stadium and you hear that Oregon State just beat USC yeah yeah and and that's definitely something of note and is Oregon State good? Is is USC absolutely a Jacqueline and Hyde situation? I'm not sure a little bit but, of a, a little bit of B right <laughs> and that is so this I, I I've if I remember correctly, this is the fit. Your favorite game you were you've ever been to was the Utah game, um, where Tristan Viscano uh, at the end of regulation kicks the field goal to win. And I don't yeah. know if you were thinking it, but I was thinking about you sitting on my couch, thinking about we just called the time. You know, Washington calls a timeout, and then they start to move the ball, getting close to field goal range. And I'm like, this is Utah in reverse. Did you have those thoughts? If you had sat next to me or asked the people around me who saw me at Utah bend over their railing, covering my eyes, you know, trying to like just listen for the reaction, that was the exact same thing. And that was the exact same thing when Peyton Henry, love the kid sometimes, hate, no, I'm kidding. I do like <laughs> it. But kicking that BAT in overtime. I was like, oh, no. You know, two years ago, his – so is this his repeat junior year, correct? Yes. Um. So his sophomore year when he was absolute nails, um, Jake and I had a, pay, uh, um, a Henry for Heisman campaign going on on our <laughs> podcast. And seeing where he's at now – where he's he makes he makes me nervous when he comes on the field um and i think most 100%. kickers most kickers do uh for the most part tristan viscano um i always had a huge i loved him uh i watched him we sat really close at an oregon state blowout and he was so good with the kids that were around and kind of interacting with fans when the game was super out of hand uh somebody was asking him in the, if he was going to get in and get a couple of snaps at quarterback and he was kind of messing a lot with them. And, but you know, the, I, I think that Peyton Henry is a better kicker. Um, but when it gets outside into that 40 yard range, um, I just, I don't have much confidence at all. I mean, his miss was only what a 32. Was it 32? I think it was off the top of my head. I mean, being there, I don't really see on the screen, you know, what they're right. going to call it as. But the only issue with 
Peyton Henry and how I feel is in big game situations, it almost seems like Peyton Henry always comes up short. Whereas right. Tristan Viscano made that Utah field goal. And Peyton Henry, the last time Washington played in overtime was down in Oregon. And right. I was there on my crutches with a broken leg watching him miss. And right. so he misses in. It was a 47-yard missed field goal. Okay. It definitely did not seem that far from oh. there. So it, a little bit of slack on that one. <laughs> but A little. Only a tad, like maybe five yards. I'll start giving a little bit more hell that way. Right. But this, we wouldn't be having this overtime conversation or almost this tale of two halves conversation if he had made that. Right. Just because you then win by three and you're not as scared going seeing Cal march down the field thinking it's going to be a repeat of 2019 right because it's a two score game exactly I mean, you're you're well, absolutely yeah. right yeah exactly it would have been 3 points up as Cal's trying to yeah. go down they, field. they can punch the the and then you know you're looking like okay well they they have to get an onside kick here exactly um yeah there's definitely some issues from that uh from that second half uh, that, that I saw that um, it's, it's, it was confusing. I, when Washington was finally tied, it seemed like they were looking to drain clock and not allow Garbers another chance to score. And, and so the two runs I, I was okay with it, it. It seemed like maybe looking to, um, go for a field goal to win. Uh, I, I'm not actually sure the, the third and two, when, when you've gained two on the ground with McGrew, who was really playing out of his mind, it seemed like he, he just, he was so, he was, he came up so big in this game to then go to the fade to McMillan, which uh, I, I'm, I'm okay with being aggressive. Um, I just, I didn't think in the rhythm of where, where Washington was at in the game, Dylan Morris wasn't, I didn't feel like he had touch at all in the second half. Um, I just thought it was a little confusing, I guess is the right word. It is. And it's going to be a game that I definitely have to go back and watch just to kind of see, you know, was it just coming into halftime that the collapse started? Was it, you know, something that Cal did, which makes kind of trying to find a turning point hard because yeah. it was just like they went into the locker room fans were going crazy they came out they came out we were excited and all of a sudden what's going on yeah and then especially in the fourth quarter not having any points it's been the first time Washington hadn't scored in a quarter since Michigan right and so it was a little bit concerning at that time and I understood wanting to give Cal as little time as possible. Right. I completely understood that. But at that point, it shouldn't be, especially from a missed field goal already, going for a field goal to give you even that much more padding. The objective should have been to go down, put their foot on their throat, not even give them the opportunity to try and kick a 55-yard field goal, but to get it into the end zone. Right. And force them to go all the way down the field, regardless. Of how exactly. Much time yeah. e- exactly. Is mm-hmm. And then, you know, who knows if you even 
you know, there's penalties involved. There's, you can then take knee. You're forcing them to use more timeouts instead of giving Cal three timeouts going down back on their side of things. Yep. And so I understand clock management, but I also think that if you look at, you know, number wise, Washington only had 92 yards rushing. The longest came, you know, 15 yards from Dylan Morris is the longest rushing, you know, and then 234 passing yards. I'm a, I'm a big believer in don't go away from what's working. If Cal is going to make you throw the ball and that's what's being successful and do it. Yeah. And, and looking at, just the the second half they had opportunities so the, after the punt they get the field goal which i'm very i'm i i think is fine any points on the board is good right uh but then cal scores a touchdown to make it a, a one score game uh they get the interception it's punt fumble missed field goal punt punt those just they had four opportunities really to put this game out of reach and in none of those did they. And I, it seemed like uh, when it came to the offense, I, I'm in the second half, I wasn't actually looking at the, the play calling as an issue. It seemed like, and, and I, I tweeted something at halftime and then everything fell apart. I, I said something around along the lines of like, Dylan Morris looks really comfortable in the pocket. He's making good choices and he's getting the ball out. And s- somebody said like, ah, I agree to disagree. And then the wheels fell off. Um, <laughs> there were times where he was, he started getting uncomfortable in the pocket and, and for it was in the fourth quarter uh, where they ended up having to punt. It must've been um, uh, their second to last possession Taj Davis was wide open to that side where he threw it and he threw it, you know, 20 yards above his head, just trying to get rid of it. It seemed like he was, he got a little trigger happy and was trying to get rid of the ball a little too quickly. And it's crazy because you would have thought that, you know, we would see that in the first half instead of the second. Oh, he had Moxie in the first half. Yeah. The first half he, and then if the pocket started to collapse and he saw he could run, he ran. Yeah. And he made so many good decisions and I was kind of a jerk and I was kind of just like, he's looking like Jacob Eason right now, mm-hmm. overthrowing his quarterback by 20 yards, way out of bounds, well over his head, not really fully doing any checkdowns. There's at one point where the pocket was collapsing and all the linemen are standing straight up and he, you could tell he couldn't really see because he just chucked the ball like straight in the air. Like if you ever played like, fires up as a kid where you throw it as high as you can like whoever gets it that's the person who throws it next that's kind of what it looked like right and yeah it was concerning because a lot of it was uh, I'm gonna hate myself for backing John Donovan a little bit here but the play calling was a lot better and he was calling for some of those passes but then it wasn't being executed on the field how it should have been Right. I think outside of that, that's that funny play call there at the end, I thought that actually the offensive game plan was, was really solid. And um, whether it's John Donovan up in the booth or he's listening to, you know, some of his other offensive analysts, namely junior Adams, who's been in OC before um, I think the offense, the game plan looked much better. Um, They used I formation in appropriate situations. (laughs) Um, They were, 
it just looked like they were more free. And especially in the first half, nothing, they didn't make any adjustments at halftime. And, and I think Cal did. And, and then maybe that's maybe why you didn't see so many free running receivers, but uh, from what I was seeing, and again, I, on the TV, I don't get to see the full picture. Uh, it seemed like receivers were still getting open. They just weren't getting the ball delivered to them. Exactly. There was one, um, my goodness, I can't remember where it was, but he had, I actually like yelled at him. I was like, do your check downs, like stop, like just stop yeah. throwing it away right away. Right. Because there was, I think it was Romo Dunze was wide open in the end zone. Like the closest defender was by the pylon and he was kind of at the like S of like Huskies. Okay. It was super close or not super close. Yeah. He and was wide open. Yeah. He was wide open. And again, I understand a lot's going on in the heat of the moment and you know, you're not wanting to take a sack. You kind of want to sure. try and get as close to field goal range as possible if you can. Mm-hmm. But it was big plays like that, that I felt Dylan Morris kind of panicked almost. Yeah. It was a panic situation. Like if I don't get this, then this is what happens. Right. And it's weird that it was all in the same game. You got a right. little bit of Montana and Michigan and you got a little bit of Arkansas state yeah, all totally. meshed together in one. Yeah. I mean, the offense was unstoppable in the first half and uh, you know, looking at the numbers, the total yards, uh, Washington, 326, Cal had four, you know, 457. Um, and a lot of that, I mean, Cal was able to move the ball for most of the game, but in that second half, you really saw, uh, Garbers end up using his feet a lot more. Um, Washington's offense was not on the field for a long time in the second half. So the defense was out there for a lot. And um, I think that just goes to show how, how awesome this defense was by, uh, you know, really giving up 24 points in, in today's college football isn't terrible, but that's goal line fumble um, where, and I, <laughs> They, they, they ought to make a movie out of Cam Williams in this comeback story because, <laughs> I mean, again, he's had some great plays this year, but he saved Washington from having to go into another um, into another uh, um, another uh, overtime. And yes. I'm just I'm just so impressed with the battle battling back to his position where he's an absolute impact player. And, and really when you see Alex cook and, and Cam Williams, you know, somebody's going to get hit hard. What's actually a pretty um, fun fact. I think they did a double credit on that uh, forced fumble there at the end. Mm-hmm. I believe I yeah, believe was not a hundred percent. But Alex cook was in that play before and he made that tackle kind of right out of bounds on the sideline and his helmet came off. And so yes. he had to go out and his replacement was one of those who kind of punched the ball out. So the way, the way the world turns is interesting to say the least in terms of, you know, wow, someone was there at the right place, at the right time for crazy instances. It, it's, it's amazing. And, and, Credit to, uh, let's see. So they gave. I think they gave it to Michelle Powell. Did they? Okay. So I'm looking here and the only fumbles they, so they say that, oh, they just had credit Ryan Bowman with the recovery. Um, so yeah. And, and it could have been, I, I think Jackson Sermon was around there as well. 
Um, just a, a really good football play. And um, getting into some more of these numbers, I mean, uh, as you mentioned, Washington, 92 yards on the ground. Sean McGrew averaging only three and a half yards a carry. But those were some tough yards that he ended up getting uh, none more than that one or one yard touchdown uh, on third and goal in overtime. Um, he, he's absolutely cemented himself as the running back of this team going forward. If they're going to be successful, um, Cam Davis only got five carries, but other than the one where him and Devin Colt collided, I thought <laughs> that he played a, uh, he was finding holes as well. Um, on the other end, Cal, they're, they're bruising running backs. Uh, Damian Moore is hard to bring down. Um, but I mean, you look at the end yeah. of the game and Chase Garbers is their leading rusher with 71, 71 yards and a touchdown. And that was kind of when we did our preview show, you asked yeah. for two people and those were the two that I gave. Because, yeah, you, you did. You nailed it. Because Chase Garbers is dangerous on his legs. Uh-huh. <laughs> burns, burns Washington year in and year yes. out. This is his uh, first time losing to Washington, I believe. So yeah. Did he lose to them his freshman year? I don't think so. Cause if we, if Washington 17, had right? 2017, I don't think he used up an extra season with COVID season. If okay. I remember correctly. Okay. But yeah, it was, I feel like he's been there for a long time. Been there for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. one of the Colorado's kicker, you know, he's like 43 is still there. Right. He's exactly. just in every master's program. <laughs> yep. The Britain it's the Britain Covey path. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the, the two guys that, I heard the most uh, from this review, receiving core, and, and I I kind of downplayed their effectiveness, but they really did make some plays. Was Kiko Crawford, um, obviously with 107 yards, um, Jeremiah Hunter as well. Those two picked up some massive first downs for Cal to keep them in the game when it looked like they were going to be. Uh, if they don't, you know, if they don't get those first downs, the game's probably over. Cal did a great job in terms of trying to get open and getting those extra yards after a catch. And you can kind of look at where they picked up a little bit better. So Mm -hmm. in the first quarter, Cal was five for eight on catches and then 10 Mm -hmm. for 12 in the second and then three for five and then 11 for 16. So they really, their numbers don't reflect how well they were actually catching the ball. They just weren't always for a lot of yardage i feel yeah and i mean so the, it the could have been worse 23 yards i mean yeah yeah the dbs did a great job of keeping it all in front of them there was a few missed tackles and i feel like all the missed tackles came from trying to bring down chase garbers and he was just like skirt you know right like, right but 32 was, yards my mistake yeah and so that's where you know washington having a great defense is a game changer Oh yeah. And, and two of those, uh, one for each of the, for mentioned receivers, uh, one of them got away with a blatant uh, offensive pass interference on Kyler Gordon on, on, I think would have been probably his third pick of the game. Uh, and he just two hand shoved him, which was, uh, um, confusing, I guess that we didn't see any yellow flags come out on that. And then, uh, the first down that they got on Michelle Powell, where it looked like he fell down. It looked like there was an extended arm on that as well to kind of usher, usher Powell to the ground. 
Um, those obviously weren't called, so they're going to go in the stat sheet. But even even with that, I thought that Michelle Powell, uh, for his first start, played a, a really good game, keeping everything in front of him and making the tackles when they were when they came his way. Yeah, and kind of we mentioned how not really sure what we're to expect with Trent McDuffie, you know, limping off against Arkansas State yeah. when you saw that Michelle Powell was getting the start, followed by Cam Williams. You're like, you know. Yeah. And then you start looking and Trent McDuffie's not even in pads. There was. Yeah. He was in street clothes. Yeah. No talk of him playing. You kind of get a little nervous because you want to bring, you know, playing Cal is not going to be easy. Right. And that makes you want to have your best players available, which is why there was a panic, you know, with Kate Otten. <laughs> and then there's a right. panic with Trent McDuffie and it's just, Oh no. But then Romo Dunze comes back. So you're like, okay. <laughs> right. And then the comeback story of Cam Williams and then yeah. the Cinderella story of Kyler Gordon, somebody who was like Cam Williams, who got a couple starts, had a, a bad game and then never saw the starting spot again for right. two seasons and then comes in and I mean, we'll talk about the defense, but it's a lot of chess pieces. Yes. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And he's, he's really stepped in. I see him in a lot of the way of, um, the cornerback with Carolina now, um, uh, Taylor, uh, Keith yeah. Taylor, where uh, they're the start of their careers were they, they were both guys that were big, uh, big corners that looked like Husky cornerbacks. And uh, I I'll never forget the first time Keith Taylor gets on the field of trips over his own feet and, and gives up a touchdown to Rutgers. And yeah. uh, but he ends up becoming a really good cornerback and he, and he goes to the NFL like he should. And uh, Kyler Gordon as well, where he was picked on a little bit earlier in his career. Uh, and how could you blame college, you know, programs for not with the guys that they were on the outside at that point. Um, he's become an absolute lockdown corner and uh, a big hitter as well. It's, and I love that you brought that up because it's hard to, excel in such a deep deep talented room and yeah, you gotta be patient you have to be very patient and you know the second you mess up they're kind of like yeah maybe not ready for the big times right now right well you'll still get playing time but you mm-hmm. might not be in every snap whereas Kyler Gordon took that personally this right. last offseason and he was like I'm gonna change that well I mean he was one of the most dominant uh, defensive special teamers for most of his career and finally getting to do it full-time on the defense is, and I know you sit close to mom and I know that's got to make her feel proud. Yeah. She sits right next to me and she wasn't there. She was at a conference, but I was like texting her because she's on the East coast. And I know they don't show pack 12 on the East coast. And I was like, I was like, he got his first pick. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then she was like, I'm watching on my phone, you know, just like a little screen. And then she, he got a second and I was like, oh my goodness. And then they announced him at the game as the play of the game. Yeah. And so I was like, he just got play of the game. And then I was t- I was like, great run for, you know, like MVP for the team tonight or Pac-12 right. defensive first team honors this week. Yeah. And I was, then he was on KJR afterwards and I was like, oh, he's on KJR. And I think that was his first time. And she was just like so happy but I know she wanted to be there and so especially seeing and hearing from a mom the kind of things that these kids do go through and push through in the off season and mentally physically 
all of it is draining, which is why I feel bad giving out some of the grades that I do when I'm really hard on them. Mm-hmm. But it's all in good fun and knowing, well, it's also, know, knowing uh, their potential. Right. Yeah. And and the reality is, is when we do this, like we're, we're, we're fans, but we're also journalists and we also have to be objective. And um, it's never, it's never a personal shot at the kids. And we, okay, no, I'm kidding. We, we, <laughs> and we always want to be wrong, right. If we, if we give bad grade and um, I guess uh, personally, a, a, a friend of mine is Deandre Campbell and uh, just the, the roller coaster ride he went through in college and talking to him and, and really coming out on the other side as, um, as a really successful person going through those ups and downs of being in a major college um, have really made him uh, the person he is today. And it's a lot of adversity. And uh, uh, Kyler Gordon, again, we're seeing the fruits of his labor and, and the, the hard work that he's put in. Yeah, you see why he was one of those in high school. He actually uh, got recruited to his high school, you know, and yeah. so it was a whole different world. You training at FSP and mm-hmm. going through that to come here and be like, oh, you know, I'm not gonna yeah. start. And it's you. Know, I don't think he expected to start his freshman year because again, the talent that was there. Right, but he turned down a big Notre Dame. It was he, between Washington and Notre Dame, and Notre Dame really wanted him huge Notre Dame push there at the end. And so he wants to put up, he wants to put on for his hometown, you know, local kid. And it's great to talk about some of these stories because we can bash them on a bad game with Montana and Michigan, praise them on an Arkansas state game, but then it all comes down to we as fans at Washington want them to win, but then like they want to win. They want to have good highlight reels, but at the end of the day, in four years, they're gone. And some fans may not care anymore. Some fans may not follow them in the NFL, but this is what they want to do full-time. And this is why they're putting on the purple and gold for Washington week in and week out and listening to us bash them sometimes. Right. And uh, Kyler, uh, Kyler, I've always had a a special place in my heart for Kyler because uh, his high school was in my league when I was in high school. So uh, we would go to Archbishop Murphy and, uh, our little Coopville team football, we, you know, they would put in their JV to beat us. And, yeah. um, but uh, in all the other sports, we were at least competitive with them. And it was really always cool to see a kid like, uh, like Kyler from ATM go on and be really good at, uh, you know, on the big stage. Yeah, um, or the favorite thing is like, oh, I ran track against him and he just like lapped me, you know, who did? <laughs> just not actually me. Being oh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh yeah, they went to another high uh-huh. school and then like lapped me in track at like state. And I was just like, why am I here? I've definitely heard that one before. Not yeah, about Kyler, sure. but somebody. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's really cool. And, and, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just really happy for, for him and, and we're going to kind of turn now turning points is hard. Uh, I think that you're right. Um, Kayla, you're up for the defense. What was your, what was your big turning point of the game? A big turning point of the game. Obviously the first interception was huge, but the second interception was big as well. The biggest turning point overall, if I had to pick one, would be the stop on the fake field goal in the the botch field goal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the fake that I, it didn't look like a bad snap from where I was sitting. It, he missed the catch. 
Okay. Okay. He he ended up catching it into his chest and panicking. Okay. Makes sense then. Yeah. I was just like, that's, I mean, I wouldn't put it past Justin Wilcox at all. Right. Right. And so good to know on that one, but ended up getting that loss there. Great field position for Washington. You can kind of compare apples to apples. Washington makes field goal. We don't go into overtime. Cal makes that field goal. We don't go into overtime. That's a good point. And so that's got to be the biggest turning point. Not only did it make the crowd go crazy, gave that defense a little bit more, you know, umph that they already had, mm-hmm. but it really helped solidify things in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, I really, I thought that was a massive play as well as the first time Washington's defense since the interception was able to get Cal off the field without points and uh, really set up for what I thought was going to be more of a dominant uh, performance from Washington. Therefore they're going from there Um, on the offensive side of the ball. It's (laughs) it's I'm interesting to see what you pick. I was like, I wonder what Trevor's going to say. So it's actually a, um, I kind of cheated. It's, it's not an offensive play. It's special teams. Yeah. Tomato, potato. I, you know what? It's, it's on an offensive series and they can pick up a first down when they're on the field. Exactly. So I'm going to go with that. And it's, it's the punt by race Porter late in the game when um, Washington (laughs) just crushed it. So Washington back in their on their own 12, stalls out on uh late in the game and um race porter comes out from and and kicks a 67 yard punt rolls it to the end zone and instead of giving cal um excellent field position um they end up uh i'm sorry it's uh it's not that one it was it's a 60 yard punt from porter so the commentators were talking about how Cal was most likely going to get it around midfield and Cal ended up getting it uh, on their own 38. And um, it ended up with a Cal touchdown anyways, but that, that punt um, I thought it, it just showed how, how clutch race Porter has become not only when he first got there, you know, he, he hadn't been punting for that long and he was a rugby style where he'd really rely on, uh, on the roll. But now, I mean, the guy's just got a powerful leg and was an absolute weapon today, keeping Cal, um, away, uh, making them use, use clock, not letting them win the, uh, the turnover, but uh, the, uh, p- uh, field position battle. I like that you brought that up because those were huge. And yeah. I don't even think race Porter knew he had that 67 yard punt in him. Man, I, I remember sitting there and being like, whoa, like it's something you see in slow motion. Like the fans were just like open mouth, uh-huh. like watching it go over and special teams. They were trying to get there to down it inside, you know, maybe the 10, they, I don't think they expected it to go that right, far. They, he crushed it. It hit the ground at like the five or six, four or five yard line. It flew. Yeah. And I love that you brought up special teams as that being the offensive turning point, because at that point it's then making Cal fight for every yard yes. instead of just handing it over to them and making it even easier. Having if he Washington- doesn't crush that punt, Cal probably wins the game. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So I love that you brought that up, and I don't care if it's not offensive; it's asterisk offense. 
Yeah. And Reyes Porter is like one of my favorite players on this roster. So he's somebody who I feel like has been around for ages too. He, and he really has. I mean, he was a walk on for a while and, and watching him punt this year and and his athleticism, like, I know he's got a a pretty successful clothing company going, but uh, he could make money kicking field goals uh, or I'm not sorry, punting, punting balls at the next level. Yeah, I mean, given that distance, I'd throw him in for a field goal or two, you know, right. <laughs> 60 yards out, go for it. <laughs> right, right. I'm, I'm really hoping this year at some point he's able to uh, get that uh, get that touchdown. There was a there was a fake field goal where everything looked perfect. You looked like he was just about in and there was a missed block and, and he kind of got blown up. I really hope he gets a touchdown before he he exits the universe. We're, we're putting it into the universe. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so, uh, now we're going to head to grades and, and we've talked a lot about it, but we're going to, um, you know, grade these kids, grade the position groups on what we think. And I'm going to start with quarterbacks and I'm going to say it was a C. Uh, I thought he, he had an A performance in the first half. Dylan Marsh really struggled in the pocket in the second half, um, looked panicky, didn't look super confident. And I didn't have a ton of confidence that he was, going to be able to march them down the field in the fourth quarter to win the game. And unfortunately I was right. I do like that one. I might've even have given just a B minus in terms of the first half kind of compensate a little bit of extra credit there for what happened in the second half and having the longest run of the game. Right. Give him a little credit on that one, but I I'm good with a C there for sure. Yeah. Um, Running backs uh, B plus. It was the Sean McGrew show all the way through. Um, he, he was an A. Uh, he fought for tough yards. He was able to make himself small through the hole. He, he just is a complete back. He caught the ball of the backfield. Um, Kamari Pleasant, I know that people are, and I am too. I mean, I'm upset about the, the fumble, but this is the second time in two years that Kamari Pleasant has caught the ball of a backfield made somebody miss on an Island and got a first down that sets up Washington for a win. Um, that, that actually could have been the turning point as well. Cause that was a third and five gets the ball of the backfield. He makes one man miss and then he drags two more for a 15 yard gain that gets Washington down into, uh, I think it was probably at the five yard line. And then there was a false start, but he, he bailed out Washington's offense yet again. And I think it was Utah. They did it uh, too last year on another third and medium where with the way the offense had been playing, you don't feel super comfortable going into a fourth and medium. Um, I, I thought that was a massive play. And then Davis looked good. I thought at, at a couple of times, and I think he deserves more carries. Yeah. I'm not upset at all about your B plus grade. The only thing that, you know, we can, like you said, media, we have to kind of point things out where we see them is I fully believe that 3.3 yards per carry is unacceptable for such veteran running backs Yeah, is my only concern moving forward with the season and with that grade and everything. Again, credit to Cal, tough defense. They knew Washington was wanting to run, so it makes it a little bit more difficult to get more than Mm 3.3. But when I see more than that, I'm going to feel a lot better. Yeah. Um, wide receiver, I'm going to go with a B as well. And it could be higher if I was there and I saw the separation, I probably would have bumped it up to a B plus or an A minus. Um, there was a drop. Uh, it almost looked like Terrell Bynum was going to bring that one handed ball. The in. one right, right there. Yeah, that was a close. Yeah. And that was a, that was a good throw. I thought, um, there was a guy that flashed right in front of him. Uh, the ball was zipping. 
Um, so I don't give him, I, I don't, I, I don't blame him necessarily for that. I, I wish he would have been able to catch it. And I know that you could tell he was frustrated afterwards, but that opening drive touchdown, that catch that Taj Davis made was such a good catch in traffic with somebody draped on him. Absolute concentration. Great. It was, the ball was thrown on a rope, makes the catch, uh, secures it. Roma Dunze looks crazy fast. Jalen McMillan as well. Another good day. Um, this wide receiver core, like we talked about, uh, is becoming a weapon. They stepped up when Kaden was out. So did Devin Cole. He had some huge catches as well. Oh, throw I him. I didn't put tight end on there. Yeah, Devin we Cole can we can game. throw him into the wide receivers. You know, it was amazing to see. He's he's just a bigger wide receiver yeah. Who, yeah. who bullies a lot of people. Uh-huh. But yeah, I would probably go B plus on that one just because I also, you know blame who you want on terms of bringing some passes down. A lot of those incompletes were well overthrown there in the second half and Terrell Bynum's, he looked to like try to fully extend on that one catch. So I don't blame him too much on there. I was very happy and I was very happy to have Rome back. Right. And there's a, uh, I, Devin Culp deserves his own episode for how he played. Um, Fun fact, that was my very, very first ever uh, recruit interview. Really? When he was in high school, yep. He was a lot smaller back then. I mean, he's still giant to me then. He's still yeah, giant yeah. to me now. Um, he that was and and he's he's a guy that I've I've really hoped was going to break out uh, over the last couple of years, and and he's another one kind of like a Kyler Gordon where you think about him. It was his missed block that got Race Porter blown up. Um, he dropped a first down uh, two years ago. He dropped a touchdown yesterday, and then absolutely came through with. Uh, he looked like Kate Otten. Yeah. Big time. Um, oh, oh, offensive line. I said a B It probably shouldn't be a B, uh, especially after how critical you were with the 3.3 yards of carry. Um, I'm sorry. The, yeah. The, the, may, we can go down to a C. Uh, I thought that in the second half, uh, Cal made some adjustments that Washington wasn't ready for too, uh, too many false starts at home. Um, yeah. There was some big time penalties there on that offensive line, whether it's a holding, whether it's a false start, it was way too many. Right. Uh, And then, so moving over now, Kayla, what do you got for the defensive line? Defensive line looked good. Mm -hmm. I was very happy with them. I probably gave them B plus a minus somewhere in between Mm -hmm. could make an argument for either or. Both had great tackles, and you can kind of go ahead and look at uh, two of the two Gastonelli. He even had a breakup. Yeah, and I yep. felt they did a lot better stopping the run. Yes, they did a lot better because Damian Moore could have burned them bad multiple times, and they right. did a great job on that. The only time they ever really got burned was when, you know, trying to contain everything and Chase Garbers breaks out. We can't really get to him at that point. You know, who do you want to blame? A little bit of A, a little bit of B with defensive line linebackers. I but, agree with you because he's if he gets outside of the I, I thought that the the defensive line did a really good job of getting him uncomfortable. Um, but then he you saw so many times Sam Taimani did a really good job of of getting close, but Chase Garbers is just a lot faster. Yeah. And then Fatua to a Tele, a yeah. sack, you know, you, yep. you the only defensive line with a sack, so can't be mad yeah. about that at all. Yeah. And, and Ryan Bowman, I thought had his best game of the season as well. hundred percent, hundred percent. 
he didn't, I mean, he wanted to go home. Clearly he was like, I'm tired. <laughs> like I got to right. get this ball, save this uh, fumble recovery here. Yeah. 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 And he, so yeah, I ended up having two fumble recoveries on the game and he, um, he just was disruptive in the run game and the pass game. And you see why he's more of the, um, the every down, uh, outside linebacker because he's so good in run situations that, and he's been around the game a while, you know? And so he kind of, he's familiar with this conference now with this Mm -hmm. defense, he kind of knows what needs to be done. And Ryan Bowman's kind of, I would say like Jackson Sermon and getting quite a bit of hate for not a lot of reasons. Yeah. Like well, they, Ryan, they put Ryan up Bowman with a was lot from Washington was going to get taken out all, all the time. Like, well, he's, this is the year where somebody's going to take a spot and this is a sixth year. And, and instead he's looking at an invite to a camp somewhere. Exactly. And so that's kind of a good transition with linebackers. I'm not sure if you agree with the defensive line grade I gave. Um, I do. I, the only, the only other thing that I, I would want to put in there is I think Jeremiah Martin earned more playing time with how good he was at, um, uh, keeping when he was in the game, Garbers was not able to get outside as much. I'm glad you brought him up because for some reason I forgot he wore number three and I was just like, <laughs> that Jersey looks, uh, that number looks a lot smaller than it did on Elijah Molden. You know, <laughs> <laughs> this kid's a lot bigger. Like, yeah. man, I was like, who is that again? And I was like, Oh, right. The yeah. big boy. Yeah. I asked my dad, I was like, Hey dad, you think if I was in pads, like I could take a hit from like him, you know, just one foot. He's like, mm, not a good, ch- not, a, not a good idea. Nah. You might not get up. And I was like, yeah, but I mean, I was hoping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a big dude. I, I, I would not. And he's want, fast for his size. I wouldn't want you to have to do this podcast from a hospital. <laughs> my coffee with Kayla and the, like <laughs> I see you <laughs> oh, the nurse is gonna put the straw up to her mouth yeah give, give me my IV <laughs> <laughs> um yeah yeah that's that's kind of my last piece on that yeah but overall linebackers did a great job I would give them a a minus probably on that one just because there's something they were struggling with getting the backfield they were getting there Chase Garbers is too quick Mm-hmm. I don't really think they did anything wrong. Yeah. I, and I saw some people and, and obviously the blatant one was Jackson Sermon, not, not stopping that uh, the running back there for that touchdown uh, out of the backfield. Yes. I, I changed my grade to B plus just for that reason. Yeah. That one was, that one was tough. Um, you saw all four linebackers rotating in a lot more and uh, <laughs> man, I love, MJ Tafisi. I love the way that he plays. He, uh, even on special teams, he shot out of a missile to take down uh, a returner, but uh, defensively, I, I agree with you. I, I didn't agree with some of the, the, the stuff that I was seeing online about them being a step slow. Uh, I thought that at some points that um, I guess maybe out of position on some Garber scrambles, but those are really hard. The scramble drills are tough when you have a dual threat quarterback. Chase Garbers is probably the most dual threat, however you want to really put it, quarterback that I think Washington will see this season. Yeah, I probably him or, or, or Dorian Thompson Robinson would probably be. Yes, one. yes. Mm-hmm. But even then, there's so many more weapons that I think DTR feels pretty comfortable about 
kind of letting the load off of himself, making sure yes. he stays healthy. Whereas Chase Garbers is kind of very much a Utah Jake Browning. Like I'll take a hit for a team any day. Right. Yeah. And he took some big ones. Um, the other linebacker that I thought made some big time plays was uh, uh, Daniel Haimuli. Yes. Daniel Haimuli did great. You had three total tackles, all solo, one tackle for loss. He had a great day. Yeah. I, I'm really excited to see that uh, in the years to come, the Tafisi, uh, high Mooley middle in, uh, middle infield, middle linebacking position, <laughs> ground ball, <laughs> <laughs> double plays all over the place. Yeah. Scoop and score yeah. downfield. Now I always save this last one for last because it's absolutely our favorite one to talk about. And that's the defensive back room. I gave them probably an A. Yeah. Just because if you want to compare it to where they were and they were already playing lights out against Montana, Michigan, holding them as much as they could with the very little rest that they were getting mm-hmm. in between two interceptions. Yeah. Been finally, four. finally. And they looked great. The top three defensive players were DBs in terms of, you know, tackles. Right. And a forced fumble from a DB who's never started before. Yeah. They played amazing. It, the only time they really started to kind of show an area of concern and it's keeping plays in front of you was the very last drive before overtime. <laughs> when Cal was go- the, yeah. That was the only time they ever had me nervous. But again, I understand keep making sure nothing gets past you for a touchdown with such little time left. I get that. I'm not upset at all with how the defensive backs played and I don't think they should be upset either. No, I a hundred percent agree with you. Um, looking at the preview of this season, I thought there was no way Alex cook was going to be in the rotation. Um, and, and then now, he starts. Yeah. I'm thinking he might be, he, he reminds me of miles Bryant. He's he had just, one of the biggest hits I thought yesterday too. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. He took his soul out. I mean, he, that was one that was every game. The biggest hits are coming from Alex cook. That's him being mad that he wasn't starting before. He's just yeah. taking it out on the other players and being like, put me in. You're going to get some, you know, big hits like this more often. Right. And you earned definitely the DBs a little bit extra credit on the biggest hit of the night. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. And I wonder, like, you got to think as a former receiver, he's just like, I know what receivers hate and that's getting hit really I know. (laughs) And that receiver didn't get up for a while. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, He absolutely crushed him. Um, Yeah. I totally agree with um, all of your, all of your, um, your grades on that. And with that, Kayla, what's your defensive MVP? Kyler every day, just play lights out play lights out having 10 tackles nine of those being solo at no point was it an easy game for him and they kept throwing his way and he kept making them pay I love it and and I I knew you were going to go that route so I really had to think who was somebody that I thought was was really good and I I had some options um Thule played well Uh, Cooper McDonald had a really good game as well but uh, I'm gonna go uh, most valuable outside of the obvious would be uh, Buki. I thought that when he was on the field, he was so disruptive. I hope he's not going to be down for too long. Look like a shoulder stinger of some sort, 
but his impact is just through the roof. There was that one play, I believe it was on the botched field goal. I think it was not a hundred percent sure. Um, but him and the officials were looking around where he made that tackle and it almost looked like, did he lose a tooth? (laughs) Did he lose a contact lens? Like, yeah, they were just like looking around for something and I don't know what it was, but (laughs) yeah. Hopefully they found whatever it was. I know. I was like, was it a contact lens? Was it a tooth? I don't know. (laughs) Cause if it was a tooth, that might be like one of the most hardcore things I've seen a Washington DB do is then play through the rest of the game. Right. Um, offense, offensively, I'm going to make you do the hard job. I'm going to go with Sean McGrew. Um, Sean McGrew was, uh, the reason why that, that D that Washington won that game. I think he, he, he did just enough and obviously getting those tough yards, uh, into the end zone to to go ahead and overtime was the was the the reason they won obviously I do like that and I think you know I might have probably went around the same way just averages two touchdowns a game now at this point <laughs> and so with that I'm gonna go ahead and go with uh Devin Culp yes because it's not easy having such I feel like when he's been in lately it hasn't been good results with drops or just not really even getting the snaps because you got Kate on to compete with right and so Devin Culp with five catches for 81 yards along of 27 out of six targets which means one's not going that way yeah he played great and stepping up when Washington needed him most and not having Kate on was it said a lot about his resilience and his talent level that, you know, it's kind of like the DBs. It's hard to get some playing time when you do make it count. Yes. Yeah. You're looking at the two best position groups, defensive back and tight end for this program. And uh, I'm, I'm just on a human level. I'm just so happy for him. And, and <laughs> obviously I'm happy for him as a person, but uh, without his contributions, Washington's offense, stalls in some spots because he converted at least two first downs that I can think of off the top of my head. I think on a third down too. It was big play. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. Third down conversions going his way. I mean, so, so cool. Um, We'll be back shortly, but let's get a preview to the preview. What's your comfort level with Oregon state after they kind of beat up on uh, USC? It is the most uncomfortable. I have been with Washington playing in Oregon State in a long time. Yeah. Jonathan Smith looks to have turned that program around completely. Last mm-hmm. year beats Oregon. This year beats USC. They're knocking off north and south, left and right. Yeah. It's down there. I'm nervous. Oregon State's playing their best ball. But I think if Washington can kind of fix those smaller things that went wrong in the second half, it's going to be a good game so comfort level i'm nervous but not losing faith in them yet i'm i'm right there with you we're gonna dig more into the numbers uh for oregon state uh where we think that washington can exploit them uh coming up here on our pregame uh it looks like i'll be at this game so i'm really excited to go down and I love going to Corvallis and, and the best, my, the best fans, the best they're great fans. fans. And uh, actually my sister-in-law's boyfriend is a, um, is a professor there. So uh, um, I'm going to be hanging with a beaver at the same time. So uh, 
I'll have two ducks and a beaver with me. So we're going to have a great time. Nothing wrong with that. There was a beaver in front of us who we were like, oh, we're, he's fine with. There was a cow person who was maybe like five rows ahead, and we were just yelling at him the entire time. <laughs> That's the, awesome. beaver. The beaver has protection at Washington at all times. For sure. Yeah. I mean, they're the second favorite, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, that'll do it for us for Trevor Mueller and Kayla Olin. Go dogs. Go dogs.